Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artists Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I'll be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who's who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. So we are officially live. Today is Wednesday, July 27th. This is Reflection Artist Live episode number 70. And we have with us today a special guest, which I'm a huge fan of, Kelly Jones. And she has been in business for 13 years now, and that is showroom auto detailing, correct? Yes. That's On top of launching her own product line, Royal Reflections, which that's taken upwards of now of five years to get it from idea to actually market. And she has a story behind that as well. But, you know, she's a, what I consider a serial entrepreneur, because not only has she dived into our market with auto detailing or the market of auto detailing, but she has a passive of, you know, bringing businesses up and also, you know, outside of detailing, you have the ax throwing business mm-hmm. as well. And then I think you've got some other things in, in, in your arsenal lined up. Um, you're always doing something, which is always really cool to see. Um, and then, of course, you're a powerhouse, you know, as for representing the, the female side of the industry or the women in detail. And I should say um, you're, you're helping lead that hugely, which I very impressive. And I've always been a big fan of that and for you as well. So tell us some background on how, you know, how and why you got started in the wonderful world of detail. And so people can get to know you and in your path. Yeah, well, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. I am so honored. Yeah, uh, gosh, I don't even know where to start. I have such a history back, you know, backstory with this thing. But I started out um, selling real estate back in like 1999. And then I got into the financial industry. So I was in lending for, gosh, I think it was close to 12 years. And that was my passion. I absolutely loved, um, you know, that that industry, you know, just being able to work with a lot of people on their credit and first time home buyers and, you know, a lot of, um, you know, all kinds of lending aspects, which is kind of transpired into what I'm doing now. So not only with the auto detailing, I'm really trying to bring, you know, that past experience into the detailing world to help detailers with credit and not even just detailers, anybody that is in business with understanding your credit. Um, We have an exciting program going on here at my detail shop with the local high school. So we do a co-op program, which I love. So I work with the kids on detailing three, three to four days a week, and then one or two days a week, depending on the schedule. We talk business, we talk about credit, we talk about credit cards, car loans, mortgages, you know, all these things that I think there's a missing piece in our country and in our world um, on the financial basics that people just don't get. These kids are getting calculus, trigonometry, you know, all this crazy stuff that let's face it, unless you're going into a detail or a specific industry that, you know, utilizes that you're never going to use that stuff in your life, but every day engineering type category. Yeah. Yeah, but there's everyday applications that you need to understand your credit for, you know, not only that, but credit identity theft, where people need to be keeping track of their credit so that it's not getting compromised and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So, so yeah, that's kind of the direction I'm going in, but, but the lending, I'm, I'm kind of skipping all over the place. That's it's okay. my, my ADD going all over. That's why I have to stay busy because if I don't, I get in this rut and it's hard to get out of it. You could see my, my table right now. I'm working on a bunch of different blueprints and uh, new projects and I love designing and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah. So, and then, so fast forward. So I was in the lending industry, 2007, 2008, there was a big financial crisis, a big meltdown. I'm sure if, um, you know, a lot of people remember that very, very well. So that industry started crumbling. We lost a lot of our products and programs during that time frame because they made huge cuts, you know? And um, so I needed to get rid of my vehicles. I had some big vehicle payments, brand new vehicles and, you know, big house, you know, the whole American dream, you know, yeah. with the big payment books that came along with it. And I knew the way that the market was going that I needed to do some consolidating really quick because I had my nest egg, just like we teach everybody, you know, you need to have your three months at least of your emergency fund set aside. But let me tell you, you get in a financial crisis and three months goes by in the blink of an eye. That's not enough. 
So I was, you know, recognizing this right away. So I needed to get the cars detailed. I wanted to get rid of the sports cars in the Escalade and get something more economical that I could drive all year long. And in Michigan, you know, the winter's always a factor. Sports cars are not real practical up here in Michigan. So I called all around to try to get the cars detailed because I knew if they had a fresh coat of wax and they just looked perfect that they would sell a lot quicker, right? And nobody in my area was detailing cars. And I just moved to this area actually probably within gosh, not even a year. I was really new to the area. So I ended up not, taking the cars. Was it the city you were more new to or the state or how, what, how uh, big the of city. a move? Okay. Yeah, the city. I moved from probably about an hour and a half, two hours away. So I ended up taking the cars back to the other location that I was, you know, lived in before to get detailed because there was nobody doing it up in this area. So immediately I'm like, wow, there's a need here for this. You know, when I called all the car dealerships, because that's the first place you'd probably call if you're looking for a detail or back then in 2008, you know, yeah. I called the car dealerships and one of the dealership owners, he says, Kel, why don't you start a detailing business? I'll send you all my work. And I was so I was so insulted because I wore a suit and heels every day. I wasn't going to clean any car. <laughs> and to fast forward 13 years later, I'm, you know, doing that every day and absolutely loving it and trying to train others and bring people into the industry. And yeah, so I've developed quite a passion for it uh, over the last 13 years because it got me out of a real hard spot in my life when that financial crisis was happening in my industry and, um, you know, detailing ended up kind of being my saving grace, if you will. You know, I mean, it was rough. It was real rough starting out. I'm sure you heard my story. I started out with a old shop back in my garage and Q-tips and a couple old toothbrushes. And, you know, and I think a lot of people start that way, which it brings me to something that I'm really passionate about right now. And I'm really struggling with. So I'm having to pray a lot about this, but I think it needs to be addressed is, you know, we all start out somewhere. Okay. Embrace your journey. So what's happening, I'm, you know, and when I'm in bed at night and I can't sleep, I'll get on social media and I try to catch up with what everybody's doing and stuff like that. And I started seeing some of my own pictures copied and pasted to other detailers pages. And I'm like, hey, yeah. that's my shop. That's a car I just did. That's mine. I can't that work. <laughs> and I'm getting really like built up fire inside of me about this because you know what? Don't See, that's be why you started the axe throwing company because yeah. <laughs> you get you're like up midnight, you see that, you're like, all right, I'm just you're yeah, it's, it's great stress relief. Let me tell you, there's it's fantastic stress reliever. But but it boils down to integrity. It doesn't matter if you're a lender um, in the mortgage industry, if you're selling real estate, if you are, you know, a car detailer, you're running any kind of business. I don't care if you're decorating cakes for a living. You have to have integrity. Word of mouth is everything. Embrace your journey. We all start somewhere. Not everybody starts up at the top doing, you know, um, Ferraris and stuff like that. I mean, we you you've got to embrace where you're at when you're taking, um, you know, you're, you're copycatting and, and it's, it's starting to really increase and I'm seeing it a lot. And it's really frustrating. Not only the copycatting, copying, pasting other people's work, copying and pasting their before and after pictures to try to make yourself look like you're doing this type of work, you know, that it's not right. That, that yeah, is a very, so very big lack of integrity and yeah. people see it. And it's still people current in regards to that. I mean, I have, um, when I, when I expanded in 2020, my shop, I added um, being able to use the front entrance of my building to show cars and deliver cars, which is by a main intersection. So I took the advantage of doing the red rope effect, where I took red ropes that you'd find at like a nightclub or somewhere like that, oh, yeah. or, or an evening event, like dinner event. And I put mm -hmm. that around the vehicle and people absolutely loved it. And because it's in front of a huge intersection, it also is a head turner for new potential customers. Well, of course, I had somebody try to do that in my local area, and that didn't work out for him too well. And I didn't hate on him for it, but I was just like, really? You can't come up with your own ideas? You yeah, know it's frustrating. I mean? it it's is. really frustrating. And uh, I'm I'm really having an issue with that. So I try to really preach integrity because it it, it gets you to, to levels that you're not going to get to by, by imitation and copying other people. And it doesn't matter what industry you're in, you know, embrace your journey. That's my... That's my mantra. You know what I mean? We all got to start out somewhere. And, you know, so, 
So that's what I'm working on. I feel like education is key. It doesn't matter. Um, when I was in lending, that was a big passion of mine was educating my borrowers. I never wanted to be the kind of person that would come to you and say, okay, Justin, here's what you have to do. No, there's 10 other options yeah. out there. You have to pick what's best for you. Yeah. Same thing with my detail clients. You know, I give them all their options, you know, like here's our basic package with a, a carnival X. Here's our, you know, step up with a paint sealant. Here's into our ceramic products, you know, and we got X amount of this and let them make that choice not just go to them. Okay. Yep. Here's what we can do for you. I love to give people their options and let them pick what they feel is best with them and also educating them in the process. So this is something that I'm finding um, that I want to bring awareness to in the industry too, is we need more education in, in um, especially in like coatings and stuff, because I'm finding it in my area every summer, 20, 30 detailers pop up, you know, at the car washes and the, in the tents at the gas stations and out of their driveway, you know, that's fine. I understand everybody's trying to make a buck, but I'd really like to see the industry going to where people are certified or you can't buy product period. You, you shouldn't be able to tell a customer you're putting a ceramic coating on their vehicle um in using a a, a wax uh for you know a, a hybrid ceramic based you know ten dollar mcguire's at walmart that is not apples for apples so what's happening is the professionals like yourself and myself where you know we've got upscaled you know my coatings here start at like 995 right so you got the customer the average person they don't understand they just hear the word ceramic and that's all they know is the buzzword right yep. so they say oh she's charging 995 for a ceramic coating this guy over here is charging you know he's doing it at the car wash for 150 bucks no he's not he's no. not and then they're mad when it doesn't perform and it's not doing what they think and it's then supposed they're to jaded. Do. And then they never want to go to a professional detailer. Yes. And so then I'm spending half of the day educating, you know, trying to educate detailers and then trying to educate the consumer, you know, so it's a real battle in our industry. So I really think education is key, which is why I'm trying to go in that direction. You know, I really, and, and I, that's why I love working with these high school kids too, because it starts, you know, it's got to start somewhere, right? Their minds are and, little mini sponges. So they're at that, that inception of being able to take in all of that and from the right person too, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? That's, that's the biggest key because they could be a sponge, but they could also absorb a lot from the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. So. No, no. But that's why, you know, you're doing the right thing by doing that, by, you know, you're, you're able to get them in front of you and give them the right information and probably options within that information. Let them know if you go this direction, this is what, what the possibilities and outcomes will be. If you go this direction, so on and so forth. Right. And right. That, and we all want longevity or we should want longevity, right? And that comes with word of mouth, integrity, always doing the right thing when nobody's looking, you know, um, and that it goes a long ways. And I, I always boil it down to any kind of business that you're in. It does not matter if you're running a restaurant, you know, or, or you're detailing cars or, or you're into, you know, stock brokering. It doesn't matter. Integrity is the key to anything that you're going to do if you want longevity. I agree. Now, with your early days, you know, in, in your financial position and your position in life, just to say, and hey, you had to get started, you know, had you mentioned with the shop back the Q-tips. What was it? I mean, obviously integrity, huge, but what was it that helped you get that platform to start just slowly climbing back up that mountain and to where you're at now? I mean, the facility you have, obviously you didn't start with. So, no. <laughs> you know, from then till now where you are with the facility you have, which is super badass and it's a dream, you. you know, in regards, I mean, looking at it, what, what part of Michigan are you in again? Well, you know, Michiganders, we hold up our hand because they were like a mitten, you know, so I'm way up here. So I'm still in the lower part of Michigan, but the okay. northern part of the lower peninsula. So, you know, we got the upper peninsula. So yeah. I'm not in the upper peninsula, um, okay. just the northern part of the lower. So, okay. yeah, I'm about three hours north of Detroit, three and a half hours north okay. of Grand Rapids. So, OK, I was mm -hmm. just in Kalamazoo. So Oh, yeah. So probably about three hours, maybe four hours north of Kalamazoo. OK. Yeah. Okay. So I'm up there a little ways. It's pretty rural up here, which that creates challenges of its own. We do a lot of big pickups. We have a lot of farmland up here, a lot of agriculture. So, you know, um, I noticed that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> even where I was at, I noticed that I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's truck country up here. I'll tell you, you don't see many cars. We detail my whole shop. We are doing three ceramic coatings all on pickups, big pickups right now. So, you know, Hey, we get it's the same here in Florida. You know what I mean? It's just, they call Florida the South, but it's like 
just a pool of all different cultures, but there's still a huge truck community here. And we, we have right. just a little bit of everything, which is awesome. But, um, it's really so, awesome. but yeah, back to your question, I didn't answer that. So oh, I want to say it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears, you know, like there's days I would just sit and cry and pray, you know, like, Lord, am I in the right path? Am I even going in the right direction? Because let's face it, I was a, I was a, a desk person. I, I sat at a desk. And so you'd go from something like that into this physical work of detailing, even a basic interior, exterior detail. You're bending in all different kinds of positions that you've never been in. And my body would hurt at the end of the day. And I was like, man, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And then, you know, when the market started rebounding, I started getting a lot of job offers back in the lending industry because I had a lot of experience and I, I think I was really good at what I did and I had a good reputation and and it was word of mouth thing you know I'd help somebody fix their credit get them on track to you know purchasing that home that they wanted to purchase or that business that they were working on designing a business plan with them all that kind of stuff and they're super thankful once they get to that end result of you know buying that house or or buying that business or or starting that business or whatever the goal was so then what do they do they recommend me to all these other people just like how my detailing business has grown I try to always go over and above. I try to, um, you know, always uh, over exceed my customers' expectations if, if it's at all possible. And, you know, there's once in a while you get that customer that it's really hard to please. But for the most part, that is my philosophy. And I, I, I really drill that in everybody's head that works for me and that comes to my to my trainings and my co-op programs and all this other kind of stuff is you want to exceed the expectation. I don't care if you're making a burger. You, you make that presentation to where the people are happy and they're satisfied and they want to come back again. They want to tell their friends, man, that was the best burger I ever had. You know, it was nice, fresh lettuce and a juicy tomato and the bun was so, per you know, in the, in the meat. And, you know, you just want to create this experience, right? It's the same thing with detailing, like doing things like making the creative lines. I call it my artwork, you know, just doing the neat lines in the carpet, you know, and, and just like these little tiny things that is the wow factor when they open the door of their car, they're like, wow, this looks amazing. You know, just those little tiny things that just leave that good impression in their heart. You know, that is my goal is like, I want to bring happiness to others. And, and it doesn't matter if I'm cleaning cars or, you know, I have a new venture that I'm super, super excited about. Christian-based daycare center that I'm, I'm working on right now, which I'm so excited about. It's a big need in our area. I think it's a big need um, in our world today, but you know, that's a different podcast probably, but I love in the axe throwing, even I love to see people smile and have fun and, and be happy. We've been in a time lately in these last couple of years, there's been a lot of sadness and a lot of people yeah. scared and I we've been living in me. a lot of fear. Yeah. We've been living in so much fear and unknown and, in um, sadness that it's like, if I can, you know, bring some little tiny piece of happiness to somebody, whether it's they're open in their car when they pick it up and they're seeing these lines or something in there that just puts a smile on their face. It's just like, that's it for me. You know, it's what I do it for. Now, for those that want to go, did you start mobile or did you have a fixed location as you began? I started at my home garage. So I worked okay. out of my house for seven years. I detailed from my home garage for seven years and, you know, it wasn't ever set up for a business. I didn't have insulation. I didn't have water in my garage. I didn't have heat. I used to have, I had to buy a salamander heater. I don't know if you know what that is, but um, you put kerosene in it. It's a little oh. heater, like a kerosene heater. That's what I had to use in the winter time. It was awful. I, I tell the people that work for me now, I'm like, you don't know what, how, what much of a blessing this building is because we have heat, we have hot and cold water, you know, in the winter, when I used to detail winter in Michigan is brutal. So when I detailed from my home garage, I'd be able to work for maybe an hour and I'd have to go in the house and like make hot tea or hot coffee just to have my hands on a warm cup to warm <laughs> my fingers up. Cause it was awful. And that's where a lot of the tears come in. You know, I was like, this sucks. This is not fun. This is awful. But then I was like, okay, I'm putting food on the table. I'm keeping the house out of foreclosure. You know, I can do this. And, um, you know, that's what kept me going. And then my customers were so happy when they'd pick it up. A lot of times they would give me a hug and it just made like all that pain uh, and coldness and just miserable, like it would go away. It's like, you know, going through, uh, you wouldn't understand, but going through childbirth, you know, it's all this pain. And then you get that sweet little baby in your arms and it's just like, all oh, that was worth it. The morning sickness, the hormones, the stretch marks that, you know, <laughs> it's like you get that little baby and it's like, oh yes, like the angels are singing, you know? That's um, that's 
quite the comparison, but yeah, it works for me. I mean, I've got three, so I could not relate, but understand. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, no, and that also there, there is, there's a lot of heartache and it is, it is so nice when you have the customers that are so happy and emotionally just drawn in They're They're either, they're, they're ecstatic, you know, with, with happiness, or I've seen some get so emotional, they cry. Yeah. Because they, you're bringing back, I mean, some of these vehicles are their pride and joy. They're, they're one yeah. and only, they're babies. You don't know how much sentimental value the vehicle mm-hmm. has until you get it back to its potential for them. And they get it and they're like, oh, and they're back in love with it again. And then yeah. you're, their, their, you're their hero. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and we're and technically, we're detailing, you know what I mean? And it's like something yeah. so simple that means so much to other people sometimes. And I agree. I, I feed off of that. That's my high of the business is that seeing that customer and, and being so happy. And it's like, all right, we hit, we hit it out the park with that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, once, once you got established for those seven years and you started getting your momentum, what triggered you into wanting to go into, uh, you know, finding, did you find land and then build the shop out or how did that work in regards to that direction that you went? Well, it's kind of an interesting story. So I really didn't plan on ever, you know, leaving my home garage. Um, I had a big house that was very comfortable. Um, The garage wasn't exactly designed for working out of, but we made it work, you know, with those space heaters. And and then I started uh, mobile detailing in Florida. So I would go down to Florida in the winters because it dies down quite a bit here in Michigan. And we're very seasonal up here and, and we have snowbirds. So one of my customers actually said that he's like, I wish you could come to Florida and wash my coach down there because I hate waiting to spring to bring it back to you, you know? And I thought, oh, the light bulb went on. I'm like, I could do that. That sounds like a win-win. I could still be a working snowbird. It's my dream to have a place in Florida, especially in the winter months, you know? So I started doing that. I started up a little mobile business and I got a business license down in Florida. Um, believe it or not, they call it an alien license, which was so crazy to me because we're all in the United States, but I had to get a, um, an alien business license because my primary business is in uh, housed in Michigan. And so in order to work in other states, I had some real obstacles with that. I had to find an insurance company that covered me in all 50 states. Um, the company I had for my insurance was Farm Bureau and it was a Michigan based company, which I wasn't aware of that at all. So I learned a lot of things. And so I keep track of all these little things. And when I teach a class, I try to tell people about this. Hey, look, if you're going to go outside of your home state, you need to be sure you're properly covered, especially on these big motor coaches. We were working on, you know, half million and up coaches, you know, and you have to be properly covered. You never know when something can go wrong on one of those things. So um, I learned a lot by doing that. So for five winters of the seven years I detailed, the five winters I went down to Florida, I was based out of Claremont, Florida, just outside of Orlando. Yep. Yep, There was a big, uh, there was some motor coach parks right around there, Fort Myers. And so I worked um, in those motor coach parks, washing and waxing coaches uh, to make the bills, to pay the bills, because it died down so much here in the wintertime that I had to do something to make ends meet. And it was, it was fantastic because I got to enjoy sunshine. I got to pay my bills. I was still working, you know, it was great. And my kids were in high school. So they were, uh, they stayed up in Michigan at the time. And, um, you know, my ex-husband helped out with them a little bit more. So, you know, the, the kids enjoyed that freedom. There were some obstacles there though, even the kids, you know, that many states away, they, they, they found a little wild streak that I think they wouldn't have found if mom was home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mom's out of town now um, yeah. what are we gonna do <laughs> yeah all kinds of interesting I know stories what we're supposed to do but <laughs> but my friends are doing this <laughs> yeah yeah and, and as time goes on more stories surface from that time period that they didn't want to let out and I'm going what <laughs> yeah hey mom by the way do you remember no you didn't tell me that oh yeah, yeah well this happened <laughs> and then they always throw in but I lived I'm fine you know I'm like okay <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so, so I mobile detailed, um, for five winters down in Florida, we just did uh, coaches. That was it. Wash and wax coaches or their tow vehicles. Um, and then I came back to Michigan and, um, my neighbor, their home got sold and we got some nasty neighbors in there. And let me tell wow. you what, I had 11 acres and they had 11 acres. So it wasn't like we were right on top of each other, but they were complaining to the County constantly. Oh, all we hear shop backs running. And all we hear is, you know, the radio playing over there. Cause we had played the radio, you know, and clean vehicles. So they were constantly reporting me. So then the County got involved and they said, look, you're in a residential area. You cannot be detailing, um, you know, 
from a residential home, you're allowed to only have two customers at a time and or two cars parked in your driveway at a time. There was all these stipulations. And it was so frustrating because I was busy in summer. There'd be 10, 15 cars in the driveway from the car dealerships. They'd go to auction and they would just have the drivers drop them off to me. And I'd just pick away at them and get those cars back to the dealerships as quick as I could. I was working for 11 car dealerships at one point um, from my home. Yeah, from my home. So um, but my house sat way back in from the road. So the, my neighbors couldn't even see the cars, tell you the truth, when the leaves were out on the trees, they were just nasty neighbors. So it come down to the point where either I had to give up detailing or I had to find a different location. And so I really prayed about it. And um, I thought, you know what, my kids were growing up, they were moving out of the house, I had this great big house. And it was just me and my younger son left there I had five bedrooms, five bathrooms, you know, so I was like, I'm going to put the house for sale. And I, I prayed about it. And I said, you know what, if I put the house for sale and it sells, I'm going to build a commercial shop. And I put it on Zillow with my real estate experience. I didn't need an agent. So I just took some really nice pictures, did a nice write up through it on Zillow. And my house sold, it got in a bidding war. And this was way back in, um, what year did I sell that? I think 2015 or 2016, somewhere around there. And it got into a bidding war and it sold. So I'm like, okay, Lord, here we go. We're building a commercial detail shop. <laughs> And so I found some property in the city of, of West Branch here, and I had to demo some old buildings. So we had to tear down some old buildings because I had to be in the city limits in order to be able to operate this type of business. And I wanted to live above. So if you see my business, it's a, like a barnuminium. So I have a full house, 1,800 square feet upstairs. I have three bedrooms, two bathrooms, like a whole house above my detail shop. So the main floor is all commercial. And then the upstairs is my whole house. And I wanted to be able to do that because I work so much. I didn't want to have a house somewhere and a, um, a commercial shop somewhere. Plus it was more cost effective than everything else to do it this way. So in order for me to be able to do that, I had to build in the city and our city is one square mile. So there was not a lot of options. So I found a piece of property that was for sale. It had existing buildings. Um, I bulldozed the buildings down and demoed it, leveled the land, and then built this building here. So, nice, yeah. nice. I'm yep. sure you know with your past experience in real estate, you had some connections to make that, or at least some some knowledge on what direction to go to make that happen. And that, I mean, that's every detailer's dream. Being able to build your shop is one, but to <laughs> give more to that extra bonus, to have your house, your home as the second story, the second layer to that. That's, I mean, that's literally every detailer's dream. And that, you know, as, as a, as a detailer who has young children and a family, you know, that might be young coming into the business that is so super helpful too, right? If they had that right scenario, because they'd be able to, you know, talk to their significant other work and or deal with their kids at the same time, yeah. or run the shop successfully Why you could send your kid upstairs to their room to do homework. Yeah. So yeah. That's, yeah, that's awesome. It's been awesome because, you know, even now my son, um, he's in high school, but you know, if he's sick, I don't have to take off work. He can go upstairs and I can check his, you know, make sure he's drinking his Gatorade or whatever like that. And I can still be downstairs working. So yeah, it is Run fantastic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you want to be a 24 hour detail, I mean, because a lot of people that talk about that and a lot of people who do that, you know, they do have full-time careers during the day. So I've seen where some have to detail in the evening hours. And that could be pretty brutal because then their lack of yeah. sleep, right? And yeah, sleep deprivation sure. is a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, and, that's um, fun. But if you're home and it's there and you could run shifts, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Not to yeah. say that's something you would do because you've obviously got a structured standard operating process. But for those out there that have that idea, go for it. You know, if you don't have a whole lot of responsibilities other than just focusing on your business, why not, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So. That is cool. So how long did the build out take? Um, on the, on the commercial shop, this took probably, I would say about a good year. So I, oh, okay. uh, sold my house and I lived in my camper. I had a camper that I lived in in Florida during the winter. Cause that's where I'd stay. I didn't have a house down there. I stayed in my, I had a bunkhouse and I stayed in my bunkhouse when I worked down there. So I drug my bunkhouse back to Michigan and I lived in that while I was building this. And it took probably pretty close to a year, maybe not quite a year, a little less than a year. And then I rented out space at a local car wash. Um, here in town and I moved my business temporarily over there so I never stopped working throughout the whole process I mean obviously I did keep income still coming in so so I leased out um, a local car wash and uh, until this was done very yeah. nice very nice mm -hmm. now with that being established at what point did you have the idea of wanting to go into dealing with 
products and chemicals with the Royal Reflections line? Well, that's a that's another answer to prayer because I was, you know, I'm I'm not a spring chicken so much anymore. And every day my hands, you know, I'm getting arthritis in my hand pretty bad. And I'm like, man, Lord, what, you know, what's my next move? I don't want to be in my 50s and still laying on the ground in my shop, you know, wax and rocker panels on, on cars that are three inches off the ground, you know, or uh, polishing motorcycle tailpipes on, on the floor and, or, you know, just, I did, I did, I wanted something to move into that was still in the field and still related. And not only that, I had a passion for, for trying out everybody's products. I love trying different products and see how they work and see what I like about them. So um, get your hands on this, get your hands on that. I'm the same way. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love testing product. And so when I met my chemist, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a dream come true. You know, so I initially just wanted to make a car wash soap. That's all I was going to do is just try to make one product. And I knew I wanted it to be pink and I wanted it to smell good. And, you know, all these things that I wanted in a, in a car wash soap, you know, I wanted lots of uh, bubble, you know, just, uh, and, and I talked to my chemist and he says, I feel like I'm going to work for Bath and Body Works. He's like, nobody really tells me they're worried about, you know, the scent of their product and their color. You know, this was, gosh, almost six years ago now when we started making a car wash soap. And now I have 15 products. Um, I just launched off-road lineup last year that uh, three products designed for, um, you know, heavy duty mud. Uh, we have a lot of side-by-sides and Jeeps up here in Michigan and um, a lot of clay ground and stuff too. So it's hard to get that off without a specialty product. You know, you can clean, say the side-by-side wheels or something like that, and they still look dingy and dull, you know? And so um, that was exciting. We, we, just launched that. I'm still working on my marine line of products. That's been in R&D for like three years, over three years now. And it's, you know, I like to do a lot, a lot of testing before it goes into the next step and hits my attorney's desk and a lot of money has to start getting exchanged, you know? So and that's still in the works, but yeah, so I, I've had so much fun with that. And I have a huge passion for designing products that um, are friendly to the user. Uh, you know, we're, if you're detailing, you know, five, six, seven days a week, and you're using some harsh products out there, I have some lung issues that I've never had before, allergy issues I've never had before. Um, as a matter of fact, my doctor said my liver is getting bad, and I don't even drink alcohol. I mean, I never really have been, I've always been such a professional and had kids and stuff, I don't even drink much. And you'd always think if you're having a bad liver, it's from alcohol, right? That's what I always thought. Alcoholics are who kills their liver. No, my doctor said from all the chemicals. My doctor told me, guess who has the worst livers aside from an alcoholic is a hairdresser because of all the chemicals they're around. And now with doing all this um, product uh, development and all the chemicals I'm around, I'm having liver issues because of all the chemicals I'm around. So, so that's become a huge passion for me is to try to design products that are earth friendly, non-toxic, non-hazardous that my dog can get into. I can use them seven days a week. My grandbabies can come over and be around these products. So I'm taking huge passion in that um, on creating products that still create a professional result are high quality, but safe for the user, because I'll tell you what, that's something that's not spoken about. It's a real issue. Um, It's a real issue. Yeah, no, and that's where. You know, a lot of people such as like Rennie and, and people like that will preach about the whole glove situation because if it's on you, it's in you. And, mm-hmm. you know, respirators and, you know, eye protection, all those things that are needed. But, you know, I think it, what it comes down to is people are like, well, it doesn't hurt now. And it's yeah. like, that's, that's, yeah, that's now. But what about five months, five years from now, right. you know? And, and a lot mm-hmm. of people, when you see them online, especially with the coatings, right? Yeah, we haven't had anything documented in our industry yet that somebody's had an issue with, health issue with coatings but you see all these guys laying coatings now with bare hands and it's like oh what are you doing like those are like some of the most aggressive chemicals i mean we got wheel asses and stuff like that but those right off bat out the bottle they're very pungent you know they it just oh and yeah i I, I don't touch any of that stuff without a glove right yeah yeah, in hindsight, and like I said, it boils down to education. I had no idea when I started detailing, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. I was buying stuff from uh, the local Napa, you know, this hardcore. I was using that, like the wheel, at, you know, the the heavy, heavy duty stuff. I got chemical burns on my body from, you know, uh, chemicals getting on me, mixing chemicals and stuff like that and not taking the time to not knowing that it was going to do third degree burns and stuff like that, you know. So, so there's a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of things that, you know, you don't know about, you know, yeah. in hindsight that I wish I would have known about now because I'm having to try to, um, you know, really fix up my liver at this point because of chemicals and not protecting myself, you know, your liver, you know, how your liver works to filter. So I was shocked when my doctor told me, she said, one of the people, you know, one of the industries that have the absolute worst liver is hairdressers. I was shocked, but think about what they're around all day. They're around hair, you know, hair dyes and perms back in the day. And I think perms are coming back out now. I took cosmetology back in high school. So I got a little bit of knowledge on, you know, some of that chemical process And there. They're breathing in chemicals with no protection either all day long, some five, yeah. six, seven days a week for years and years and years. So yeah, I found that really interesting. So that's become a real passion of mine with the product development is trying to really strive for non-toxic products. No, that's good. And that's, that's, you know, there's a couple, or I should say, there's a good handful of detail manufacturing companies that, that do the same thing with that direction, making it eco-friendly, safe, and all those categories. But the majority, unfortunately, it's, it's raw material and sales. And, yeah, right. And, and mm -hmm. they got their recipe, their formulas, and that's that. And as long as the bottom line looks good, that's what matters yeah. to them. Right. And, and I, and I'm not going to say every single product in my lineup, like my bug remover, there's no way of really formulating that to where it's aggressive enough to attack the bugs the way I want it to attack the bugs, but still be as friendly as I would like it to be. So it's a hair over the, the scale to where it's not in the, you know, completely friendly category. It's just a little bit unfriendly, but, but there's some products you have to formulate with such raw materials, like you said, to make the product work properly. We don't want to create products that aren't going to work just to be safe. That's not going to be helpful either. So, so there are a few products, but in any way, shape or form possible that we can create a product that is friendly, we go that route as long as it's working properly and in, in the way that I would want it to work. So that's definitely our first priority. But like I said, there are some of those products that you just, you can't formulate that way without certain ingredients to make them really work. Yeah. The, you know, yeah. But that's, to keep plugging away until you finally find that, that one raw material that's safe. But that's the thing, you just don't stop, right? You just don't say, okay, this is what we have. This is what we got to work with. It's like, okay, let's, let's just keep trying to find something there's got to be something on this earth that that could fill that spot to get rid of that the the, the aggressive stuff and you know put something exactly. else in there that and, makes and it work the same absolutely and that's what's taken so long on the marine line too because we're thinking about water in in the creatures in the in the in the water you know we're trying to really work hard on that line for safety too because of you know the obvious, you know, where a lot of people are going to be using those products on my boat. When I'm in the water, I like to, you know, do condition my seats, you know, with the leather, leather vinyl conditioner. I like to, you know, use a waterless wash on my boat when it's in the water. So we're trying to really be sure that the products that we're creating in that lineup are going to be safe, safe all the way around. Mm -hmm. Now, now that you've had this established, I mean, now you've had some hurdles along the way. Of course, this pandemic has set you back on launching products, but since you've been able to bring your products to market, how, as far as your, your avenues of distribution, is it something you're doing single-handedly out of your shop and online, um, mm -hmm. or you have other distributors for you that you're starting to work with? How's that working out for you? Well, it's like a newborn baby. You know, I always try to compare things to my, my motherly ways. <laughs> so it's, it's still like a little newborn baby. It's trying to get to the toddler stages, you know, so um, I don't want to go so fast that I make a mistake. So I'm trying to really grow it more organically. Um, right now where our online sales are phenomenal. I'll tell you what, I just, I'm, I'm really shocked. We ship product every single day from New York to California to you know, um, Wisconsin to Florida. I mean, we we're shipping all over the country. So we have a really good saturation level as far as the visibility. And I think, again, it's the word of mouth because we've got certain concentrated areas, like in Iowa, for example, like I don't even know anybody in Iowa and we have, we ship a lot of products to this certain area. So it's gotta be word of mouth. Somebody tried something and then they're telling their friends, their neighbors, their brothers, their cousins, their coworkers. And so it's growing really, it's really cool to watch how it's growing like that. So our online sales, I would say are definitely number one. Um, in the number two, we've got product in a lot of stores in the generalized area, like Napa auto parts, um, some local, um, 
automotive shops, motorcycle shops, um, you know, different places like that in the area. So we do have, um, you know, people having them in retail stores. But as far as getting into distributors, I haven't crossed that bridge quite yet because I'm still really focused on a couple of these other areas and making sure I'm there's a lot of learning curves there. You know, there is a lot to learn. And every day I yeah. feel like I learn something new. You know, it's it's a lot of learning. Yeah, that's a whole nother space in itself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's it's one thing to, to for the detailed services and understanding that. But the the product mm-hmm. side and distribution, that's like you a said, whole a whole bunch. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. yeah, but organically doing it. That's the thing is that you'll build that value so much. And that recognition of the brand so much, and you'll have people coming and knocking at your door asking if they can distribute for you. And I think that's with the day the light will go off for you to be like, okay, now it's time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's cool though. That's really cool. It's and really a lot cool. of a lot of people, me and you have had this conversation where and where your your business name, and here you are in Michigan, I'm in Florida. We've never met each other until, you know, just recently it was like the last year or two. And we've 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 been in the same industry, right? My original business name was Showroom Detailing Incorporated. And of course, yours is Showroom Auto Detailing. And then also me coming up with the idea of the reflection artist, the hashtag as, as more of a tagline for myself that adapted into a brand culture for Buff and Shine and our pads and everything we do there. And then, you know, with that being reflection artist, you have royal reflections. And it's just so neat seeing that across the map, people, you know, in the same industry, we have that same process of thought process and coming up with these names they're still unique to their own but yet so similar which is so cool and I always I always pinch myself because it's like that's just so cool to see that happen on basically the the north side of the the country and here I am in the south side and like that there's so many similarities there with the names and the direction we've gone and that's really cool yeah and and still not meeting each other until a couple years ago but you know everything you've done has been amazing and of course the direction you've gone has always been super positive and I really think, you know, to your original point, when we first started the conversation with the building of the financial aspect, that's, there's a very lack thereof in our industry. I mean, a lot of in other industries too, but especially ours, because it's such an easy entry. Like you said, there's yeah. so many that pop up and not to discredit those guys. Cause like you said, everybody needs to make a buck, but you know, you just can't pop up and do roofing. You just can't pop up and do plumbing. It doesn't work that way. And that's kind of what we want. We want it to where you just can't pop up and do detail. We don't want it to work that way. And that would help us bring us to a a next level of of recognition and, and also, you know, putting us to where people prioritize our services to take them more serious instead of, you know, some customers that come in, they're just like, you just wash cars, like you're a dishwasher or something. And it's like, that's that feeling of being disrespected a little bit. It's like, not directly, but like just the way that they come across. Right. But no, yeah. I'm the education side. That's, that's kind of, as I've learned a lot in my young years, getting into this at 25 and being 40 now, it's been one of those things that I didn't have a whole lot of previous education that I've been able to brag about or anything like that, but being able to get into the detail industry and learn the craft and learn the business and then learn from people who were successful and apply that in my own way, in my own style has allowed me to kind of be able to get some time under my belt, exercising those steps to a point to where, okay, now I've harnessed them to where I could now repeat that back to somebody else. And hopefully they'll be able to get some success out of it. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking all that, that financial background and all those different paths you've had in the previous life to detailing along with your detailing career and being able to give that back. And that definitely helps people. It kind of helps expedite their growth. So they don't mm-hmm. have to drag their knees as hard as we did to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I'm all for that. And I, and I love that aspect of it. We definitely need more people focusing on that, on that side of it. Because I know like when you've talked about the financial stuff and the credit stuff, people like draw to you in regards to that. When I do classes in regards to service and pricing structure, people draw to that because the polish and paint over time, the task of, of detailing, that becomes the same thing day in and day out. It's just making it look good and having the integrity of doing the right steps to get to that end result. That's, right. that, that it changes with products, but the process is always the same. Just making sure the end result is to the customer's expectations. But the yeah. business side, that is always evolving mm-hmm. based on our economy, based on our local 
demographics, geographics, all of that kind of comes together with all those variables. And that's what I think makes it more difficult is the business side and understanding that. And I think mm-hmm. if you harness that, you could have a mediocre business, but a damn good, I'm sorry, a mediocre at, at detailing, but a damn good business and really kill it. But it can't mm-hmm. be the other way. You can't be a badass detailer, a mediocre business, because then you keep hitting the wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a real problem in a lot of industries. I've seen it in lending, you know, with guys that are even builders, for example, you know, like they might be phenomenal builders and be doing these really amazing um, projects, but they don't know how to manage their money and they don't understand how to keep track of things very basic like income and expenses. That's huge. It's super important. You have to know what's coming in before you start giving it out, right? Because yeah. a lot of times people start getting those big checks in and they're just spending, spending, spending. Oh, wait, I forgot to pay the bills. I went out and bought myself new, you know, whatever clothes, new yeah. shoes, new, new toys, new buffing wheel, you know, and then they forget, oh, I didn't pay the power bill or, you know, yeah. and I get people reaching Why are my lights me. off. <laughs> yeah, I get people reaching out to me every day, and and bless their heart. I love that people reach out to me, and and I'm a I'm I'm a closed lip. I never repeat things, um, you know, and, and I I really pride myself in that, and I really genuinely try to help others when they come to me with their financial situations. But lately, I've been getting so frustrated because. There's a huge um, gap in in, uh, multiple industries. Uh, For example, people don't understand. I feel like when you go get a a DBA, for example, you should get a pamphlet that says, okay, now you have a DBA or you get an LLC or you get whatever your structure in your business. You need a checklist. Okay. You need to call an insurance agent. You need to get whatever kind of insurance is required, whether you're baking cakes or building houses or detailing cars, you need insurance. You need to protect yourself. Once you screw something up, I can't help help you. There's nothing I can tell you besides go get a good lawyer or something, or, or you're out of business. Nine times out of 10, that's what happens. If you're working on, um, I had a, I hate to say it, but I had a, a, a friend of mine in another state working on a high-end vehicle, not ready to do it. They were, they were at infancy stage and they jumped into college stage. They were not ready for what service they were performing. And they, you know, bless their heart. They wanted to tackle the job, but they misled the customer. That's the bottom line. They didn't have the training. They didn't have the experience, but they wanted to take on the job. Okay. So guess what happened? They ended up screwing up big time on the job. Come to find out, they don't even have insurance. I said, okay, you're screwed. Number one, you took on a project that you weren't ready for. Number two, you're not even insured. And now you've got a real situation on your hands. And this person is, you know, shut their phone off. And this is where I'm talking about integrity. Okay. That's a you fake screw it till up. you make it scenario. That's what that's called. That is absolutely horrible. And I had so much, um, you know, respect for this person because I thought they were coming along good. And then that happened. And I'm like, listen. You know, you're going to have to learn the hard way now because there's nothing that can help you. You can't go shut your phone up. You need to own up to this. So you make a mistake. You need to own up to the mistake. Okay. That's it. That's integrity that builds character. You can't shut your phone off and block the people and block your number when you've got a situation, you know? And so these are things that people reach out to me on all the time. And you know what? That could have been prevented really, really easily by attending some classes. Number one, before you start doing paint correction and, and coatings. And number two, have insurance. So if you do screw something up, you got a, a few hundred dollar deductible instead of, you know, now you're looking at a $10,000 paint job, you know, instead of you could have potentially paid a $200 deductible on your liability insurance and, and um, kept on moving forward. You know, now this is a crisis that's probably going to put this person completely out of business. Well, I think that mindset is based on, you know, I'm going into business. I don't have much capital to start with. This is just another bill. Do I really need it? And then, of course, you get the opinions, right? You don't get the professional opinions. You get the friend opinions. Well, you don't need mm-hmm. that yet. Just keep just keep making your money until you can afford it. And it's like, no, because, yes, in their mindset, it's an extra bill. But it's 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 also, like, you're, to your point, it will cover your butt in those scenarios. Now, we all hope that those scenarios never happen. Right. But when they do, and, and that's the thing, is when you don't have it and it does happen, the scenario does play out, then what do you do? Like, you can't mm-hmm. cry to nobody and you can't complain because mm-hmm. it's your own fault. And, right. and at that point, you, you if you couldn't afford insurance and you don't have the capital in the bank to afford to pay for the repair either. So you, you got a double whammy there. I mean, I just yeah. dealt with that today. I had, we had a tent job come in for, we did the windshield with the clear film. And it was on a newer Porsche and we rope it off. We do everything we can preventative to all the moisture that runs down the dash and it's liquid, it's water. It finds its way. That's what water does. Right. And, um, 
it made it down to a module that triggered the airbag and or the airbag light i'm sorry not the airbag and so you had to bring it to porsche it was like a, almost a 300 you know bring it in fix it guy called me up hey this is what i'm looking at and i said you know what i apologize I no big you. deal these things happen how would you like us I to take care you. of it? can you hear me hear you. are you muted no i'm here i can't hear you let me see how about now I'm showing the um, audio on my end. Now. I gotcha. Okay. What I was it saying was though is I had a gentleman with a Porsche. We did his windshield with window tint and the water ran down. Even though we took all the precautionary methods with the rope and the towels and all this, water still made its way. He called. He wasn't upset. He told me what the cost was. I just said to him, hey, how would you like us to do this? I could cut you a check. Or he was actually set up for, I think, three weeks from now to do a full um, correction coating and paint protection film. Or we can just apply that dollar amount that the dealership charged you to fix it to your existing bill. I said, right. either way, you just let me know what makes you happy. And he was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's so cool that you back your, your work and your integrity. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, to me, I feel that's the only way you should do it. Right. And I, I don't know any other way. It's like, that's it. I, I'd rather pay that bill for the repair than pay myself at the end of the week. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's going to come back to you tenfold either way you're going to get tenfold back good or tenfold back bad, depending on how you handle it. And, and I'm a real firm believer in that. I really am a firm believer in that, but it still boils kind of back down to the education piece. So these people go and they start these businesses from their home and they don't know, you know, they don't know that they need to get insurance maybe, or they or like you said, they can't afford it. If you can't afford to get the insurance, then you better be sticking with the real basics, do interior work very gently, carefully. Um, you know, once you want to get into some of the specialized stuff, I don't think you should be doing it unless you're properly insured because things can happen. Or like you said, you have to be able to handle it like you did. You've got to be able to make the customer happy. So um, I think there's a lot of things um, that, that are very, very basic that for some reason they get overlooked and it can cost people a lot, just like paying the taxes. You know, I was, I made a Facebook oh. post about it the other day because, you know, people are, audits are happening right now, you know, and, um, and you got to have your I's dotted and your T's crossed, period. Oh, if yeah. you're taking in money and you're a business out there, I don't care if you're doing it from a commercial location, you're doing it from your home garage, you're doing it mobile, you need to be keeping your books up. It's the bottom line. It's going to catch up with you. It's just like anything else that people do wrong. They think they're going to get away with this stuff. I mean, yeah. and if you can't do it, then hire somebody who knows how to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, there's so many programs out there like the, you know, the you're able in the, you know, even QuickBooks that's, you know, or, or I do things the old school way. And, and that's what I teach too, because I know a lot of people, I'm not even a computer. I don't like technology. I don't want to carry my computer around when I need that thing to be working. It won't work right. I can't get service, whatever. I get so frustrated. I do old school bookkeeping. You know, I write down, okay, do you pay me $400? Bam. I took in $400 from Justin Lobato for a detail on such and such date, check number, blah, 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 or Justin paid cash, or he paid with his credit card, put the date, put the amount. Every single day, we keep a little very, very simple, super simple, but you have to be keeping track of what's coming in and the same thing with what's going out. Um, I don't have one right in front of me, but I usually have those little plastic file folders. And anytime I buy something, whether you go to, you know, wherever, if I'm buying filters for the shop vacs at Home Depot or something, I get that, that receipt and I stick it in that little plastic folder and my receipts are in one spot. And then, you know, keeping track, even just on a, a spiral notebook of your income, what you're bringing in every day. If you're a mobile guy, you can easily buy one of these little spiral notebooks for 50 cents at the at the office store or whatever, you know, and keep track of what you've got going in and out. Things as simple as that, you start getting audited. You've got that basic information. You know what I mean? But you need to oh, be yeah. paying taxes. You need an accountant. If you're running a business, you have to do it the right way or it's going to catch up with you. And when it catches up with you, there's nobody that can help you at that point. Yeah. The biggest thing I've heard a lot of people say is if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Mm -hmm. right and that's it's a numbers game and that's what business is business is numbers <laughs> so no matter how big or small you got to track those numbers and, and whether it's on paper or excel spreadsheet it doesn't matter how you do it that's your personal preference just mm -hmm. do it <laughs> mm -hmm. well you've had you know we're, we're coming up on time kelly and we've had a wealth of knowledge and of course your story is always always great Thank to you. hear 
Is there any additional advice? I mean, you've, you've put a lot of golden nuggets out there, but is there any additional advice you would have for detailers, uh, business owners, anybody who might be listening to the podcast that you might be able to kind of help them out with just a little, little extra nugget of, you know, direct knowledge from Kelly. I guess always um, work on yourself. You know, you'll never go wrong by building yourself. That is education, classes, reading books. There's some fantastic books out there and all different types of business topics. Um, you know, you'll, you'll never go wrong by educating yourself and, and making yourself better than what you were yesterday. You know, we, we need to, we're always worrying about what everybody else is doing, but at the end of the day, what matters the most is building yourself and investing in yourself, you know, and, and whether that be, um, you know, integrity, building your business, um, whatever, being a better person in general, it just, you'll never steer yourself wrong by, by building yourself, you know, and doing the right thing. I, I really feel like I have a huge passion for that now. I think education is key. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, but like you said, in, in times, everything's constantly evolving and changing and you need to stay up with the times. You constantly have to be evolving and growing and changing and modifying and, and, um, you know, rolling with the punches and doing the best you can in order to fight through some of these economic times, like even like we're in right now, it feels like a relapse coming up of the 07 and 08. And so the best thing you can do is be prepared and, and be flexible and, and be constantly learning and, and, um, and growing yourself. And I think that's what helps get you by and keep an open mind on, you know, opportunities and, and different things out there, you know, never be so stuck in your mindset that you can't evolve and change and grow and and be able to swing at those curveballs when they come at you 100 percent agree that was great mm -hmm. now with us here at buff and shine we do celebrate every year of july with the women in detailing so you are one of our our highlighted guests that we had on for this month for our podcast actually it's been our only podcast for july so far because it's been a busy travel month for me <laughs> but it's great to have you on and everybody we've represented this month, including yourself. It's awesome to be able to put, you know, everybody forward as detailers because me personally, and I've told you this before, I look at it as it's not a, a gender based thing. It's more of a, we're all detailers in business doing the damn thing. But unfortunately there's a, a you know, a very large dominant side of the industry that's male versus female. So we definitely want to get that balance up to speed and, and you're definitely helping with that greatly on that. And, and thank you very much. Well, I appreciate that. I, 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 there's a lot of great women out there detailing, but I think they're shy. They're intimidated. They don't want to come forward and, and they're doing fantastic work. And I think that, you know, we're uh, some of the women, you know, out there along with myself, we're really just trying to pave that way that everybody can, you know, feel welcome and, and yep. feel like they have a place, whether it's detailing, whether you're automotive mechanic, whether you're running heavy equipment, it doesn't matter. You know, I think a, a lot of women are coming up in all kinds of male dominated industries and I'm super excited about it. I think it's great. Yeah. I like to see that trend kind of balance out because that's something that was a thing of the past. You know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. we're all, we're all human abilities with uh, human beings with the same abilities so it's mm -hmm. like, it, it, it's one of those things that it's, yeah, there's, there's always been a dominance in one industry over another, just because of this or that. It's like, no, this day and age, that's not a thing. That's no, <laughs> no. And I even, and I, I experienced that personally because of coming up through like boxing and kickboxing and, and, and sparring with men most of the time, but then getting in the ring with some of these badass women that are way more aggressive than the men. I'm like, <laughs> Game changer. yeah touche <laughs> so, uh, well kelly thank you hopefully i'll see you an event soon or sema at the latest are you plan on yeah. attending sema yeah absolutely okay well awesome mm -hmm. well thank you for being on again this is um reflection artist live episode number 70 oh before i forget how do people find you or get in contact with you Oh gosh, I'm on social media. I'm trying to get better at Instagram. Um, I'm trying to post more, you know, so Instagram, Facebook, um, gosh, what else? I email, I don't know, my mostly social media pages, my direct what lines. What is your posted. email? Um, kellyj2101 at gmail.com. It comes directly to my personal line. So yep. Or Facebook's always a good way to get a hold of me on messenger, you know, or through Instagram and um, you know, like I said, I'm happy to help. I'm real. I'm really happy to anybody that has questions um, as far as business finance. You, you have little glitches here and there. I'm happy to help you 
before it gets to like these extreme situations that we were talking about earlier. So and what's yeah. your um, website for your products? Royalreflections.com. Perfect. Sweet and simple. simple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Well, Kelly, thanks again. Again, Reflection Artist Live, episode number 70 with guest Kelly Jones. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you soon or at SEMA. And again, if you guys have any questions, especially in regards to uh, finances, fixing your credit, she's the queen of being able to do that for you. So check her out. Thanks again, Kelly. Have a good rest Thank of your day. Thank you, Justin. You too. Take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.